Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week's episode recorded live at the Masonic Lodge at Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles. I'm not sure the listeners understand this, so I'm just going to say it again. This was recorded in a Masonic Lodge in the middle of a Hollywood cemetery. Uh, like the uh -huh. most famous cemetery in all of Southern California has yeah. in it a Masonic Lodge. Sure. Why, why wouldn't it? Of course. With thrones and all, as they say. Thrones and all. And in addition to the throne, a very special guest. I don't know if you've ever heard of this person, Jesse Thorne. Jordan Morris. That's my co-host from the smash hit podcast, Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, and folks might know him from Good Mythical Morning, where he is, among other things, Cotton Candy Randy, which I know is your special interest, John. I am obsessed with Cotton Candy Randy, Jordan Morris's character on Good Mythical Morning. If you know what I'm talking about, as they say on the internet, you know what I'm talking about. But why don't we, uh, why don't we get to the show? Let's go to the Masonic Lodge at Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, you've come to us desperate for justice, and we are here at the Masonic Lodge at Hollywood Forever Cemetery to deliver it. Let's bring out our first set of litigants. Please welcome Jay Keith and Sarah. Hi, honey. Tonight's case, Linus Item Vito. Jay Keith brings the case against his fiancée, Sarah. Sarah still sleeps with the tattered remains of her baby blanket. See? Jay Keith finds it upsetting to see and touch. <laughs> he calls it the monster. He wants it out of their bed. Sarah wants to keep sleeping with it. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and delivers an obscure cultural reference. <clears throat> I was very much in my room with my marionette stage, you know, creating these incredibly boring things that I felt were so fascinating and forcing my relatives to come and charging money for them to see my little productions. If anyone would have been paying serious attention to my puppet shows, I would have been sent to therapy very young. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Jay Keith and Sarah, please rise. Raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you. God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he skipped childhood entirely? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, oh, sir. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Let the record show that Jay Keith waved at me and smiled. <laughs> indicating, Sarah, I'm sorry to say that Jay Keith and I have met before. Yes. We have worked together before. Yes. And he is currently trying to use that connection to influence this court. <laughs> I will not recuse myself, Jay Keith. I, I was trying to be nice. Thank well, you. stop it right now. This is, the niceness ends here. Sarah, it's very nice to meet you. Jay Keith, it's nice you. to see you. Let nice the record show you. that I am now smiling and waving to you. Hi, Jesse. They're, you defi are they're definitely Masons. <laughs> That's what's going on here. So you are, of course, the host of Go Fact Yourself on Maximum Fun. Thank you. You guys, thank you. Who, who, can't, who canceled tonight? <laughs> What's that? I was like, who canceled tonight? Paul Rudd. Ah. Oh. No way. <laughs> Sarah, what podcast do you host? <laughs> I, I mean, you live in Los Angeles, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. No, so. sure. Um, I, I I host a podcast about um, our, our our kitty cats. That uh, I, I was a dog person, but now I'm a cat person. Is that so? Yeah. But the, you, do you host a podcast about that? No. Do not lie to no. me, madam. <laughs> do not lie. Just answer truthfully. It'll go You're much, right. much easier for you. It says here you met at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, how did that come about? <laughs> it was Just uh, dancing on some graves. And, you... <laughs> and we locked eyes. <laughs> uh, nice. It was a movie screening. Oh, okay. That they do in the summer. They do in the summer, right. Uh, Moulin Rouge. And he was a couple blankets down. And he said to you, avec moi ce soir. <laughs> And I said, avec moi. Well, très bien. Jake, Ethan, Sarah, you may be yes. seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can you name the piece of culture that I referenced when I entered the courtroom? Sarah, what's your guess? Amelia Bedelia. Amelia 
Bedelia. Okay. Jay Keith, I'll put that down. Is mm. it from that? Is it from, well, we'll find out. No. no yeah, I mean, that's that. what we're doing here. <laughs> this is like a trivia question, Jay Keith. You ever you have any, uh, any uh, experience with trivia questions? Uh, uh, well, I, I do. As you and Jesse know, uh, I do a podcast. Just to answer. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was buzz marketing. Uh, yes. Uh, what was the question? Yes, I am familiar with trivia. And then what was the next question? What do you what think is the cultural who is, reference? Who was I quoting? Oh, I, uh, I believe I'm going to say David Sedaris. David Sedaris. All guesses are wrong, but I'm going to give you, since you host trivia uh, game, mm-hmm. go fact yourself with Helen Hong on the Max Fun Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to answer via trivia question. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is this is for either one of you. Okay. The, fir- the first who thinks they know the answer, mm-hmm. buzz in by saying their name. Okay. Okay. The person I was quoting played Francois Truffaut's interpreter in a movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Does anyone in the audience know it? If so, say your name. (gasps) Martin and Lewis? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, are you ghosts? Are your bodies buried here? Martin and Lewis say it at the same time on the count of three. One, two, three. Bob Balaban is correct. Ah, very nice. And why did I quote Bob Balaban in this case that is, that is on the subject of a blankie, a security blanket? Why did I quote Bob Balaban, trivia master Jay Keith? I Google the questions and the answers that we write. I oh, I see. Yeah, I don't, actually, I don't actually know everything. I don't mean to put you no. on the okay. spot like that. Does uh, anyone know? Anyone have a guess? Bob Balaban originated the role of Linus in your good man Charlie Brown in the off-Broadway nice. production. I played Schroeder in my uh, college production. Oh, so you must know him then. (laughs) Yes, Yes, all of the cast in amateur productions hang out with the original Broadway cast. Tell me about this blankie that you have, Sarah, or what's left of your blankie. Sure, sure, sure. Do you mind if I call it a blankie? Because that's what I called my blankie. No, I think you should. Okay. Um, Does it have a name? Does it have a different name? Like softy or? I was debating whether or not to to say what the name was. (laughs) Oh, I've settled that debate. In the affirmative. It, it's, it started out as a Mimi. Mimi? Yes. Mm, oh, that's good um, and now, um, I mean, is that embarrassing? No. No. No, it's Only, awesome. you know, when people are around. But then it became just the baby blanket. And it was, it was a piece. It, it, is it still fabric? Well, you did send in a photo <laughs> of the blanket formerly known as Mimi. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Can we see that photo now? I'm going to do it family food style. Show me Mimi. Oh my. Oh. What what we're seeing here just just for the at home. <laughs> I didn't think it'd be so funny. I thought people would be more like, "Oh, let poor girl." What we're seeing here for the at home listener uh, is what's left over after the invisible man goes to the podiatrist. <laughs> I was going to say something that fell off an extra in the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's very... <coughs> Mimi's not looking so hot. Mimi's pretty shredded well, up Well, listen. Mimi is like 45 years old. It was a piece of green flannel that was cut out of the nightgown that my mom wore when she was pregnant with my brother. Oh, and so, so it has real sentimental value. It really, it does. Wait, it really it's not, does. It's not just one of these bull roar blankets that you, get, that you get. No, no, no. I mean, when I was eighteen, did my mom make me a new one just in case she did? Right. Um, and she took a little piece of this one and put it in the corner as as like a joke. It's somewhere just as a, like a backup. But <laughs> wait, this... I, I have to ask you. You said that this was a piece of the nightgown that your mom wore when she was pregnant with your brother? Yes. Is this like when you get a second dog and you like rub a blanket on the new dog and have the old dog smell it? <laughs> Honey, she hosts, yeah. she hosts a cat podcast, Jesse. <laughs> sorry, sorry. She hosts yeah. an imaginary cat podcast. She doesn't know that trick. Jay Keith, why do you hate this blankie so much? Well, no, I would, you I, know what? Yeah. I'll rephrase. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate Sarah's beloved Mimi so much? <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, well, first, I want to stipulate I have no judgment about her having this blanket, about her wanting and loving this blanket, about needing this blanket to sleep. This is not an argument about that. This is a, this is a dispute about the blanket itself. And I really don't feel I have to say anything else, frankly, <laughs> just looking at the photo. Um, I, I find it jarring to look at. Um, <laughs> I find it jarring to touch, uh, which I do by accident sometimes if the, in, in the same bed. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I find it... It's uh, as if he steps on a Lego when he touches it on accident. Yeah, no, it is a disruption when I, when I accidentally touch it. It's not just, ooh, what's that? It's, it, it interrupts any kind of serenity that I might have accumulated in, at bedtime, which is a particularly you know, sensitive time sure. when one would want serenity. What sort of noise does he make when he accidentally touches Mimi? Oh. <laughs> that is not far off. All right, that's yeah. fair. I, it, it also, I also have been known to leave the room. <laughs> and no. listen, I, 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 I get that. I mean, growing up, my parents would be like, what are you going to do like, if you get married? And we're engaged. For now. And what For are now. you going and? to do? <laughs> yeah. And... Said, I said I'm gonna, I'm, they I'm, will just have to learn, like, you know, to deal with it. it. It's because it's wedged here and it holds my head up mm-hmm. and it's so comfortable, especially when it's cold. You still you still you still sleep with Mimi wedged up on the side of your face. Usually when he leaves. Mi- when he, <laughs> otherwise it's just under the pillow. <laughs> Any moment that he leaves during the day, you'll just <laughs> Run right over and go, oh, 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 my God. Oh, thank you, Mimi. Sometimes. No. <laughs> no, to be fair, one of her, her, her initial solution had been to keep it within her pillowcase. But we all know a pillowcase is not a secure uh, Mimi holding device. I mean, it's going <laughs> to, there's very, there's not, very often slippage. It's, yeah. I was going to ask, it's not sentient, is it? <laughs> it's not crawling around. Not exactly, but it definitely seems to have a life of its own. <laughs> But as you pointed out, Sarah, it does oh have God. sentimental value. It has history. You have a piece of evidence uh, that displays this history. Mm-hmm. May we look at that now? What else do you have? Sh- <laughs> oh, True. yes, You know yes, what? Yes. You're right. <laughs> what else do I have? <laughs> Jesus f***ing Christ. I just show slides to talk to people on stage. Oh, my God. You know, it's the end of the tour, I thought it was going well, but now I see what I'm doing, Jesse. No, it's going uh, so well. You know, I used to do comedy on television. I used to have an act. <laughs> I wrote books and things, and now it's, I'm talking about a baby blankie. John, you... I host NPR's least popular program. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's going to get me out of this soul hole, honestly, is if I turn around and see something very adorable. So, fingers crossed. Oh, Aww. look at that. That's a historical photo, a real one, not one that Jesse's friend from college made it. <laughs> What are we seeing? Can you say, say to the listeners at home what we're seeing here? Sure, sure. So this is a, a little bitty baby Sarah. That's made, you. That's me. Yeah. Um, You're cute. You know, I was probably like, you know, three or something. Right. And that's the original Mimi that's when it you. was two sides of flannel. You're saying it only has one side now? There You're are no this sides. Is, this is a, this is a, 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 a Mobius it strip? It is now just, just strings and knots. Right. And who's that? Who's that? And that's my mom. With you, uh, someone who works at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> with I'm, giant I'm pretty sure that's like a. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a stock photography model from a bank advertisement in 2005. <laughs> so always wearing those giant headphones. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's who is that really? That's my mom. That's your mom, and you're and you're and you're, yeah. Very cozy there. Are you're not moved by this scene, Jakey? Oh, I think it's a lovely scene. I would be happy to have this photo in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want that. Yeah. Jay Keith, are you yep. opposed to sleeping with comfort objects in bed? Not at all. Not no. at all. No, I have no problem if this were, uh, if, if it, yeah, if it were a teddy bear. Do you have a te- Do you have a teddy bear? I don't think that's what this case is about. Do you have a? <laughs> Still, I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I do not. Question. I do not. I do not have a. I do not have you a. Do teddy not have bear. a comfort, that you sleep with. No, you don't have a comfort animal. I have, we have two actual animals. Two, oh, right. Two, two cats. Yeah. Two cats. How do yeah. they feel about Mimi? I don't know if they've ever met because I, I really try to keep Mimi away from everybody. <laughs> Knowing one of our cats, I, do, I think it would lead to disaster. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. Jay Keith, do you, have a, do you ever sleep with like a body pillow? Like no. Like with a picture of me on it or something? <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. I mean, what I guess I'm asking is, yeah. 
would you if they were available on the Max Fun store? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it helps the network, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. I'm just doing some some yeah. market research. That's all. Yeah, and to be clear, like I I totally get about you know sleep is difficult and it's challenging and whatever you can do to to make yourself sleep better. I, right. I, I totally get that. You I'm just not... want to deny that to your fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's this particular ah. object in this particular condition that and I And Sarah, you again, you sleep with Mimi sort of under your sort of what are you a side sleeper? It's, I I like if I'm on my back, then I like it just like wedges my head right here. Otherwise it's like, how do you all do it? Your head just like sure. falls right. to the side. There's nothing there to sort of like hold it up. So So when would you we say travel, that this scrap of cloth is your primary source of personal and emotional support? Sometimes I use a shirt. <laughs> Well, how does Mimi feel about that? <laughs> Probably not great. And why is Mimi no longer Mimi? Was it ever a, a, a personality or was I, it always no. an it? No, it was always... We can always... take the slide down, please, by the way, and bring the lights back up. It was, it was always an it. I think it started probably in high school or college. Right. And it just became a baby blanket that would just sort of live in my pillowcase. But somebody took it once and put it in my dorm trash can. Whoa. And what happened? Murder? <laughs> I can't say. Okay. So, but you recovered it from the trash, and now it's in your bed. That's also very comforting to think about. <laughs> yeah, looking at the photograph, I was a little concerned that the adjective that would best describe this blanket is crispy? It, it's not crispy at all. It's, it's naughty. No. No. no not, not. <laughs> it's full of knots. K n o t t y. Not it, the other one. Yeah. It's it's just it's full of knots. There are, and no, there are no accidents in this. Life. You might be right. You might be right, Doctor Hodgman. Oh we God. know she a nasty freak. I untangle it like once a week. You untangle Mimi once a week. Yeah. And what's the cleaning procedure? Does Mimi stink? No. All right. How do you clean mm, Mimi? No. I will. I will hand wash Mimi. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. because I think it will deteriorate. And well, it will. <laughs> and what are you doing when she hand washes Mimi? Vomiting someplace? Or? Uh, I have not been privy to that. I, as far as I know, it has not been cleaned since we've uh, been together. It has. Okay. That makes it kind of worse because you can't totally tell. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah jumped in very quickly on the yeah. odor question. So I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you, Jake Keith, does, does Mimi have a smell? Uh, to be honest, you would never get that close. Yeah, I would never get that close. You're exactly right. <laughs> what is it that disturbs you about Mimi so much? Uh, there's the because this sounds yeah. a little bit like uh, the the repulsion I feel when I think about underwater robots. Underwater rodents. Yeah, yeah I have like a phobia. A otter. Of under, of, or something like that. Of, yeah. What's like that? in the submarine ride at Disneyland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, you know how yeah, there yeah. are those, right. those okay. uh, You know how there are those animatronic merma mermaids and mermen down yeah. there, just like constantly waving. Mm. And I could fall into that lagoon at any time. Right. I, I'm worried yeah. about it right now. I'm closer yeah. than I've been in years <laughs> to falling into that oily water and knowing that they're down there going like this. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it, free it literally freaks me out. I yeah. relate like, to I, that. Honestly, my, my, I'm, I'm losing blood in my head right now. Right. I'm going to lean on this thing. It's called submechanophobia. It's in the books. Oh, okay. It's well, a real maybe, thing. maybe I have that. Well, do you have that kind of reaction to this? I think blanket? so. It is not. There, there's definitely a big part of my reaction that is not logical. It is, it is purely visceral. It is purely some sort of uh, some sort of trauma is triggered in me by touching and or seeing it. Well, do, how do you feel in your tummy tum? Uh, my tummy tum feels boom boom. <laughs> No, it's, uh, My tummy tum feels boom boom. Your honor. Oh, no, that's me. I'm the judge. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I do have a bit of the, the same kind of visceral reaction. Like if I were to see uh, a, a, a hard-shelled insect scurry across the floor suddenly. Like I have a little bit of that kind of panic jump uh, reaction. Uh, and yet it is in the place where I would like to uh, Jesse, uh, sleep. Make a, make a note that I need to get a hard-shell insect. <laughs> To scurry across Jake Heath's floor. As no, a please, later. please don't do that. No, no, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. Uh, You're gonna love it. Keep you on your toes. What would you have me order if I were to order in your favor, Jake Heath? Destroy this blanket? No, no, God, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a sentimental person. I keep a lot of things. I understand. Oh, no, the, no, no, no. I'm yeah. not just saying toss it in the garbage like oh. you're like a roommate in a, in a no, college dorm. <laughs> no, you're. I mean, destroy it in a very sentimental. 
burning ritual or no Viking I, I, funeral type situation. Yeah, exactly. Send it off. I have on a no desire into the lake in MacArthur Park or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I have no desire for her to get rid of it. Uh, I would like to it have it not be in the bed. Not in the bed. Not in the bed. Sarah, if- which I also understand. Oh, good. That's, no, that's but bad. refuse. <laughs> which, is, which is fair. You can understand and still say, no, I need to have it in the bed. That's yeah. what you would have me rule, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm open to compromise. What compromise would you be open like to? Like to put it in like a, like a mesh laundry bag or something so that like he wouldn't feel the, the, the strings. We're already having texture issues. <laughs> Like, I'm not sure adding mesh to these knots. <laughs> that, and then that wrap be. it in sandpaper and then, <laughs> then, di- then dip it in silly putty. Well, put it in its own pillowcase, maybe. Put it in its own pillowcase. Yeah, with a little knot at the end. With a little knot at the end. A little knotty knot. Oh, little... oh boy. Sarah, J. Keith, I yeah. have to ask something that the whole audience is thinking. <laughs> the two of you are engaged yeah. and share a bed. When you are engaged in engaged activities, mm. is the baby blanket in the bed? I'm talking about kissing here. Sure, sure, sure. I make sure it is out of reach. Mm-hmm. Do you put a little which blindfold is not a, over Which is not eyes? a no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. Would you like to incorporate Mimi in? No. Look. No, God, no. People like what they like. I'm just trying to... Absolutely yeah. not. I would not yuck that yum, but that is not what I'm into at the moment. I, I understand. Just wait till you see this hard-shelled beetle that comes scur- <laughs> scurrying across your floor. Oh, That's my love language. <laughs> sure. <laughs> your, your love language is triggering people's phobias? <laughs> right now, we're working on building the world's weirdest OnlyFans. <laughs> Let's take a quick recess. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, Boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made. Step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures 
from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Do you believe, Sarah, that you would be able to successfully rest your little head and sleep sleep soundly and have sweet dreams if Mimi were knotted up in a in a pillowcase? Is yeah. it the knowledge that Mimi is there in the bed with you that's important or the feeling of Mimi against your face? That's an excellent question. Thank and you. I I only ask the good ones. It <laughs> it's the feeling against my face. I think only because I mean as growing up, it was like always something there that was comfortable. So it's still so, comfortable. Sure. This, but I'm just saying, is the compromise that even you propose going to work for you? Mm. I can try. You could try. But it's not satisfactory to you? That would be, that would be, you know, if that is what the judge rules, I will abide by that ruling. Well, of course you're going to abide by my <laughs> ruling. <laughs> would that be satisfactory to me? Uh, sure. Mm. <laughs> I Let mean, the if record you want, reflect if, that Jake Keith said no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. If you want a solution where neither of us are satisfied, that sounds great. <laughs> Jay Keith, do you cohabitate currently? Obviously, you yes, do. Right. Yes. This is not. You're not getting ready to move into. Together. Right. You yes, already have, share. Have, yes. Share a house and a bed and a blankie and everything else. Yes. These cats and whatever. Mm -hmm. Did you bring anything eccentric, unusual, very personal into this living situation? Yes. Well, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'll allow Sarah to answer the question. <laughs> He's a huge Bots Maru fan. <laughs> you talking about bad, bad Bots Maru? I am. Yeah. Now, Jesse, you, I, I'm going to, Jay Keith, you've been set up. I was told about this ahead of time. Oh, okay. I didn't understand what it was then, and I still don't understand. <laughs> okay. After it was explained to me by Jesse. Can, can you explain, Jay Keith? Not much, no. Uh, well, okay. Bad Bots Maru is a character, is a Sanrio character in the Hello Kitty family of uh, characters. Sure. And for reasons that I cannot explain, I have been uh, collecting items with Bots Maru on it for over 20 years. He is, um, he's a naughty penguin who's friends with Hello Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many items are we talking about, Sarah? I mean, when I moved in, we got rid of quite a few. And oh, there are, really? And there are still quite I, a few. <laughs> did you get rid of them in a burning ritual of some kind? <laughs> uh, we sold quite a few and, and got, yes. Got How many items would you estimate now? Ballpark oh. figure, ballpark figure. Are we talking about just ones that are on display currently? Um, a, wait, it, do you have a uh, rotating yes, exhibition? Yes, there, there are some oh, like cold storage. Sounds yeah. to me like Jake Keith's got a storage unit. I mean, I, I mean, we're in the do dozens, if not. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I was going to say like 100, 150. 100. What are we talking about? Figurines? All of Face it. cloths? Uh -huh. Where are Just they displayed? Name it. They're there. They, we have primarily kept them, which, thank you, mm -hmm. um, to the bathroom. So there's a bad, bad Bats Maru bathroom in your home. Yes, there For is when a, you go boom, boom. There is a there is a Bats Maru. <laughs> is, is there a bad, bad what? B bats Maru. So we call it. We is call the bathroom. The is there a bad, bad Bats Maru bidet in your bad, bad Bats Maru bathroom? No, that's one of the few things we don't have. But I, <laughs> but I would not be opposed to getting one. Uh, okay, it's not. I don't. We're already too close to your personal lives now. I'm oh, sorry. Right. I brought. Anything that deals with your bum bum. Let's keep it to your yeah. boom boom. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, you want you want me to order him to get rid of a couple of dozens of pieces in return for I don't know. He, I think he wants to, you to keep Mimi in like a a safe or like a, <laughs> a blanky jail. <laughs> One of those things from Ghostbusters they used to trap the ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Very unstable. Uh huh. Yeah. Very unstable. The EPA doesn't want those. Mm -hmm. EPA is the bad guy. I'd be happy if, like, you know, there were 12 less bots brew things. Sure. This is what you need to say, Jay Keith. I am not on trial here. Go ahead. Try. 
I am not on trial here. Yeah, you are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I will be uh, go into my chambers, which means kneeling behind this beautiful mahogany <laughs> Masonic temple desk. I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Good luck, honey. Sarah, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? About my what, I'm sorry? Your chances in the case. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I'm mixed about how I feel about the situation. <laughs> but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? <laughs> it's my you. job, Sarah. It's, it's your show. I'm so <laughs> Jay Keith, how are you? Stick to your cat podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Keith, how are yeah. you feeling? Uh, I was feeling good till the whole uh, Bots Maru stuff was uh, mentioned, and now it seems to be I, I have to pay <laughs> I have to pay for this decision in Bots Maru item removal, which I'm not as much looking forward to. You already knew that I was your boss at the Maximum Fund Network. You didn't know I was doing opposition research. I did not know about the oppo. Uh, Sarah, how does it feel? How Sarah, how does it change your feelings about the case to know that I have my blankie cubby in my bed right now? You don't. I do. <gasps> That's where Cubby lives. Where How exactly? How could I sleep without her? Where exactly? Uh, right next to my pillow, sometimes under my head, sometimes between my fingies. <laughs> the feeling is very comforting to me. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes when I take a nap, I put her over my eyes. Same. Mm -hmm. This just, is a really cute conversation, but I... <laughs> We'll see what Judge Hodgman... I have Hodgman, to remind you that this is very uncomfortable. We'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters oh. the courtroom and presents his verdict. As the blood returns to my head, I've been thinking about this case. First of all, one question I, I, I might have asked is, uh, your, your mom, is she still living? Yes. And how do you think she would feel knowing that um, you, the, your beloved is repulsed by her gift to you? She, she'd go, yeah. <laughs> That's what she would say. She agrees with him? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed hearing about Mimi. Oh, my God. From you, Sarah. And Jay Keith. Yeah. I really enjoyed hearing you say, me, 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 me. <laughs> no, I couldn't help myself but make that joke. That's not how, I, that's not exact, that doesn't exactly reflect my verdict. You know, I, uh, I brought, I had a blankie named Blanky. Mm. Blanky uh, came with me to college. Uh, Blanky was in bad shape at that point. <laughs> Blanky was mostly um, less blanky, more whole at that point. And um, I, I did not have any self-consciousness about it. Um, but ultimately, I sent Blanky home, and I don't know where Blanky is right now, and now I wish mm. I had Blanky. Oh. Blanky went to live on a farm. <laughs> Blanky went to go live on the Blanky farm? Mm -hmm. Upstate. Yeah. And so it comes to me to decide whether or not to send Mimi to the Blanky farm. Oh. To exile in a drawer. Do you think that Mimi has feelings? No. Okay, good. No, I like that. <laughs> it's hard not to anthropomorphize things that you love, like um, a blankie or a stuffed animal or a particular brand of gin. All of these become things that you trick yourself into feeling that they have feelings. It um, represents something. Yeah, but I'm glad that you don't feel that this, that this has feelings and that you're willing... Jay Keith, you should note that Sarah is willing to put her beloved thing into a suitcase and imprison it there for your comfort. That's a big sacrifice. I didn't hear suitcase as an option. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Pillowcase is what I meant yes, to say. Yes, yes. Sarah is willing to put her beloved object into a pillowcase and knot it up and imprison it there for your comfort. Now, Jay Keith, I've had some fun saying that I'm going to trick you by putting a beetle in your house and that sort of thing. But your comfort is, is important. As everyone's comfort in a cohabitation situation, particularly if it's one that involves hugging and kissing and sharing the same bed, uh, is very important. And I am forced to believe you when you say, this makes me feel sick to my stomach. 
the fact that you have to leave the room, if not the house, sometimes when this thing comes out <laughs> yeah. is something that I take very seriously. Now, of course, my recommendation to all romantic partners who live together is to not share a bed. <laughs> if it's within your means, get the largest bed possible so you have enough space to sleep and toss and turn and fart in. And then you can come together when you want to. Of course, it is well known that the best arrangement for romantic partners is to have two separate king beds <laughs> in villas that are separated by a reflecting pool, which is huh. still an ambition for me. I just don't want to deny Sarah her beanie. I'm sorry. And I think that the, the sacrifice and the compromise that she suggests is not going to work for you, Sarah, ultimately. But I think you ought to take what you can get. I think that you need to put Mimi, you, you got to put Mimi in a, better to put Mimi in a pillowcase than in a corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody puts Mimi in a corner. No. And, and there, are, um, there are pillowcases that zip up. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And some of them are specifically like barriers for pests and insects oh. because whatever is living in Mimi wants to come out. <laughs> Just turn it inside out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, that's a big, I think that's a big, uh, that's a big compromise. I will order you to get rid of six of these weird penguin items. Just put it in your storage unit. I put it in your storage unit. unit. You don't have a storage unit? I'll get a pillowcase. You know what? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Takes, thank you, Jakey. You're a good podcast host. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. You're going to put oh, no. Mimi in a pillowcase. Okay. And <laughs> you're going to put... Six of these bad penguin items in a different pillowcase. With their sharp cornered heads. And, uh, look, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can get some washcloths at something with this character. And you're going to sleep with them too. And they're going to have my picture on them. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge Sean Hodgman rules that as all. Jay Keith and Sarah, thank you for joining us on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, we're taking a break from the stage at the Masonic Lodge at Hollywood Forever Cemetery in L.A. We've got some things going on. Let's talk about them. Not least of which are a strike. Yeah, Jesse, I literally have nothing going on other than getting a chance to speak to you and all of our podcast listening friends on Judge John Hodgman once a week. Thank you for being a member of Maximum Fun. But all of my uh, entertainment writing uh, and consequently acting uh, work is on hold as the WGA, both East and West, continue to strike for a fair living wage and to ban artificial intelligence robots from professional entertainment. Sorry, robots, but... Uh, we literally need to eat. You don't. So there you go. And I'll just say, I was out on the picket lines today and I saw our friend uh, Starly Kine. Oh, hi, Starly Kine. Television writer for Dave and Search Party and also one of the greatest radiophonic creative minds in the biz, host of 
The Late and Lamented Mystery Show, which you can still listen to and should. But Starley has, since over the past couple of weeks, Starley has been shutting them down, shutting down productions. She and her friends stayed out picketing till two or three in the morning, I believe it was, to shut down a shoot of the TV show Evil. And uh, they they learned and they were schooled by by the by the Teamsters, by the crew. They're like, you have to pick it and you have to keep picketing. Don't walk away because if you don't walk away, we won't cross your picket line. And consequently, nothing against the show Evil. As he, uh, nothing against the show Evil. Uh, the, the, they're great producers, and Asif Manvi is on that show. But this is how we do it. We are we are picketing, and we are stopping productions to make it clear that we won't stop asking for basic living wage dignity and uh, and humanity, literal humanity in the in the entertainment process. And uh, I just saw Starly today, and it's just been so exciting. So thank you for all of. You who have uh, echoed our message. So thank you for everyone who's amplified the message of the strike in worlds in which. Um, so thank you to everyone who's amplified the message of the strike uh, in New York, Los Angeles, and all around the world in our listening audience. And if you want to know what's at stake and why it matters even to you, a person who may not actually be a professional television or film writer, uh, go to the link in my bio at Instagram. It's the quickest way to get to the WGA Writers Strike Hub, which lays out all of the things that we're fighting for and all of the things that the studios are absolutely refusing in, in, in the most egregious fashion. So uh, that's what's going on. I'm glad to say it's going well. I mean, we're being heard and we're being understood and we're being understood as part of a larger labor movement that is trying to claw a little back from of the gains that have been made in uh, and we're part of a bigger labor movement that is trying right now to claw a little back from the incredible gains uh, and profits that have been made over the, just the past five to ten years by big uh, companies. You know that you know who they are, both entertainment companies and otherwise, um, and get back some dignity for the worker. So again, entertainmentcommunity.org. Um, if you want to, if you want to support people financially who can't work during the strike, and that includes. All of those workers who in solidarity are not crossing the picket line, the crew and the Teamsters and so forth, and are not getting paid as a result, this this community fund helps them too. And I just want to say to any members of IATSE out there uh, or, or the Teamsters, uh, we, we thank you for standing in solidarity with us and helping us learn how to be better strikers because you're really, you know, we're all in this together and uh, I really appreciate your help. Well, let's get back to the stage of the Masonic Lodge at Hollywood Forever Cemetery and Judge John Hodgman live. Let's bring out our next set of litigants. Please welcome to the stage, Laura and Lucas. Our second case of the night is Tater Tort. Laura brings the case against her husband, Lucas. Lucas calls himself the humble son of a potato farmer. Laura says that's wrong. His father was actually the manager of a large potato chip company. <laughs> who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Potato chips, how my mouth just drips. Potato chips. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. Crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. Potato chips. Uh -huh. No matter where it is, you'll find a bag around. Could even be at a bar or at a picnic. Jesse, even a baseball ground. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear the men. Laura and Lucas, please rise. Raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his 10-year campaign to be sponsored by Utz Potato Chips has been a total failure? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. Oh, my God. You're Tom. wearing him down. You're wearing him down. <laughs> Tom Utz, we had, like, we had the Utz people on the line. Yeah. I was DMing with Tommy Utz or whoever is running the place. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, we'll definitely sponsor your podcast. And then that dude ghosted me. 
Oh, I could have had the crab chip for free. I could have had those cheese balls for free. And also, potato chips. Oh, by the way, are you done your thing? I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Lucas and Laura, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? The lyrics to a song. Laura, why don't you go first? Oh, it's the lyrics to a song? Yeah, that's um, a hint for you. It's a song called will... Potato Chips. <laughs> I'll say that it's an Utz potato chips jingle from... Okay, that's a, good, that's a good guess. You're picking up on a lot of context clues. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, uh, well, you come from a long line of potato chippers. Surely you know all the songs about potato chips that have ever been recorded in this country. Lucas, you're chip people. Yeah. It wasn't the beast of the earth, huh? Yeah. Oh! Hey. <laughs> it wasn't the B-side to the uh, Buckner and blah, the other guy, Garcia's uh, Pac-Man. Pac-Man uh, fever? Yep. No, it's not arcade, uh. it's not arcade themed. <laughs> it was the B-side of Disco Duck. <laughs> By Rick Dees. By Rick Dees. Yes, I'm very old. So. There's, a, there's a sign for a bar near here that says Disco Duck Boogie and Cocktails. That's true. That's real. <laughs> They're have, I walked by there. They're having a party in there tonight. Oh, big yeah. time. Go check it out. I get nothing from them. No sponsorship from Disco Duck. No sponsorship from Utz. Mess, Lucas. You know what it is? Well, you know. You're a farmer. You know what it's like to work hard, to dig in the dirt, to grow ideas, only to have them taken from you by coastal elites in Los Angeles, California. All guesses are wrong. That is a song called Potato Chips by Slim Gaylard. Uh, an incredibly uh, incredible fun uh, uh, recording artist that my friend Adam Sachs introduced me to many moons ago. And honestly, I should have sung it. I should have sung it instead of read it. You wouldn't, have re you wouldn't have recognized it, but it would have been more fun. Maybe at the end of the show. Meanwhile, Lucas and Laura, let's hear your dispute. You're a son, you're a humble son of a potato farmer, I hear. Yes. Um... Well, what, what, where, where did you do your farming? I didn't do the farming. Oh, right. Your, your dad. Yes, it was my father. Yes. Or your, your pappy, would you say? No, no, father. Okay. Or dad, dad. Yeah. Okay. Where did your father do his potato farming? Uh, in a little town in Sugar Camp, Wisconsin. Sugar Camp, Wisconsin. This is pretty goddamn adorable so far. <laughs> this is pretty good god or whatever damn adorable. Uh, and why, Laura, do you say that this is not true? Well, he uses this to introduce himself in polite conversation with, you know, coworkers or strangers. And that's like the first impression that people get of him. And it's not, he's not the humble, he's not humble. <laughs> he, he is the son. His dad is technically farmed a potato field, yes, but he didn't own the land. He didn't own the... Um, machinery. He was the manager of the field. He managed like five guys. So technically, yes, he was a Wait, potato he farmer. He, he managed a potato farm and a five guys? No, no, no. <laughs> there were five. They're famous for I, their potatoes. From what I understand, there were five guys that That he, would only that be during workers. the busiest times of year, planting and yes. uh, So, But I have to hear that he was the manager of a potato chip factory or something. No, no, no. No, that was incorrect. I, I must have. There was some, mis was there was some misunderstanding. Yes. I yes. thought we were going to have a fun conversation about potato chips. They were used. Happen. Okay, so the potatoes were used for a very big large potato company. chip conglomerate. Yes. Which one? The big one. Should, should we say? Not us. <laughs> What's the? You know, let's just say. I don't look. Tell let's just this. say. Let's just say he worked for a certain Granny Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all the big potato chip conglomerates. I'm just a simple fan of Utz potato chips. A regional brand started by a family that doesn't return my phone calls. Maybe, Please, sir, yeah. what's the big one? You, you can tell me what's the big one. Frito-Lay, which Frito I think is owned Lay. by Pepsi, which is owned by Yum Brands. Right, yeah. of course. Yeah, well, you sure do know you're farming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you introduce yourself as, I mean, literally... I'm a humble son of a potato farmer? Yeah, so that started sort of as a joke okay. uh, because it was probably some election season. <laughs> <laughs> it was some election season somewhere, and you know how politicians always of like course. to do the I'm a uh, 
Right. Son of a diamond miner, even though the asshole owns the whole diamond or emerald mine and is a billionaire. You, are you referring to someone? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Were you, wait. Were you suggesting that diamond miner is a folksy profession? That was your, that was your poll for folksy profession? I think he, I get it. The lights are hot up here, but, but. they don't call them. You're the one in the mine. Maybe you can get. They don't call them blood diamonds for nothing. I think he was making an oblique reference to the, a certain owner of a certain social media platform, and a guy who makes the jankiest cars on earth. Oh yes. <laughs> sorry. Well, sorry I didn't get it. Um, so you started as a joke in, in, a, in a, an election season. Yes. And also it had the side benefit of annoying Laura. Oh, always, yes, of course. Right. And, uh, and how often does this happen? Oh, these days it's uh, far fewer. Because everybody now knows me as the humble son of a potato farmer. So. <laughs> Your reputation precedes you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Laura, is it the case that, the, that this habit has dwindled? Oh, yes. Uh, ever since... He started working from home, and there's less and less new coworkers, like, which sad, but yeah, but he could be going on into chat rooms and saying it. That's right? true. He could, he could if he would stop working guy. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, why does it bother you? Uh, well, originally it's because uh, I didn't when I met Lucas, which when it was like 20 years ago, um, his dad was not a farmer. He was not. Um, he was like the manager of a, was it a senior living senior facility, care right? Senior facility at that time. Yeah. And then, so it was not, it didn't occur, like, it was not a thing when I knew him. And then when his coworkers came up to me, I was like, is he really the son of a potato farmer? I was like, no, 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 he's just Wait, telling you. Wait, he no. doesn't explain it later? No. He just, but you, so you it, laugh at it privately? <laughs> it's not a joke. You don't explain it no. and get the laugh? No. Everyone understands his reference to Lamar Alexander at the Iowa Straw Poll or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, so I, like the, I have to explain is the thing. I'm the one who has to explain to his coworkers that he's not really... So you have to do is, the punchline to his setup. Yeah. And it's like, but, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. He's, to me, he's not a potato farmer, although like technically he is, you know, because he, he was, but... Uh, it just annoys me. Also, he says the humble, the humble son. Totally lies. It, anno it annoys you. I like the idea of people, <laughs> people knowing what his dad does for a living, and then you go to them, which was managing a senior care center, and, and then, sorry, this is a little <laughs> roundabout. Getting, con uh, it's the last night of the tour. <laughs> I don't know English anymore. I apologize. I like the idea of you going to people saying, uh, uh, them saying, is his dad really a potato farmer? And you thinking, is that how his dad describes taking care of senior citizens? Yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. He's got to give the jello to the potatoes. Turn on the wheel of fortune for the old potatoes. Yeah. One of the taters is acting up again. Turn off the lights, they like the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Tater's crying because he's remembering the war. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Some of these Tater's kids don't visit him. <laughs> well, I would say that your father was involved in two valuable professions um, taking care of elderly people and making potatoes that I enjoy eating. But what, what the hell do you do as his son? Are you well, running for office? <laughs> not yet. Are not you yet. No, He's but I, no, I'm saving. Running. I'm saving that in my back pocket for, okay. for later. Okay. Good. What What do you What do you do for a living? I'm a software engineer. A software engineer. Yes. So this is just a joke, right? It's also like a sort of. It's not the humble son. Yes, the the humble right. part is definitely a joke. The it's uh the potato farmer part is just a way for when I'm introduced to various California coworkers to be like. Uh, I come from a very rural area, I guess. And is that, and is that true? That is 100% true. Have you true. visited, what, what's it called? Sugar Camp. Sugar Mouse? Yeah. West yeah. Wisconsin or whatever it is. Sugar Camp? Yes. Wisconsin? Yeah, I thought I was from a small town, but his town beat my small town. It's right. way smaller. Is it important to you to feel a connection to a, your rural growing up? Did you have a rural growing up? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was there the whole time until college. Yeah. What, what kind of, would you go fishing? 
There was a little bit of fishing. Okay. Tiny bit it, of hunting. What was it like in Sugar Camp? Oh, Tell me all about it. That I think we just summed it all up. A lot of trees. <laughs> yeah, I would think that there is probably some some uh, 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 maple syrup making going on. There, there. is definitely yes. That's right. how it got its name. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You chase a hoop with a stick. <laughs> you didn't make no. any maple syrup though. No. Did you? When the potato crops, you know, every year, when, when do the potato crops come in? It'd be the fall. In the fall? Yes. So uh, in order to ensure a good harvest, would you uh, have a lottery? Have a lottery. <laughs> 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 John, I'm waiting what? for an Island of the Blue Dolphin joke next. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that kind of rural community? Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Why is it no, important for you to maintain this uh, connection to rural roots and even... Play them up with some folksy language. Just as sort of to remember, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, Would you ever move back there? Hell no. Right. Um, <laughs> you don't have any standing here, do you, Flora? <laughs> I mean, you're just annoyed by yeah. your husband's joke. Husband, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. annoyed by your husband's joke. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have yeah. any standing. Uh-huh. I'm not a farmer. I know farmers, and I know, like... To say that you're the humble son of a potato farmer like connotes a certain lifestyle growing up, you know, waking up with the chickens or whatever. And you said you mentioned that you knew some farmers, Laura. Oh yes. So I grew up in a also a small town, not as small as Lucas's. Where would Um, that be, if I may ask? Oh, it's called Cairo, Michigan. Uh Um, Our graduating class was like 150. His graduated class was 60. Right, that's quite small. And with yes. multiple towns to yeah, make up that city. we're not talking about your town anymore. <laughs> so, um, like... Where's Cairo, Michigan? Is oh, that upper peninsula or lower peninsula? In the thumb. In the thumb? You ever go, you ever go to a great lake? Oh, yeah. Which, which one do you like to go to, Lake Michigan? Well, I mean, we used to go to Lake Huron, and then the, the water level started going down. So yeah. now you have to walk, like, I don't know, 100 yards to get to where the water is. Boy, that's um, it's, it's really that's, sad. That's not fun to hear about. No, it's sad. <laughs> um, but we both went to college in the Upper Peninsula, so we used to go to Lake Superior and stuff right. like that. That's, Did you um, major in uh, leaving pies to cool on windowsills? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, pasties. Pasties. Um, that's right. That's a, a, a what is a pasty? I've read about them. A pasty is well, actually, Lucas is the expert on pasties. I am quoted on Wikipedia for my pasty <laughs> presentation in college. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again into the microphone. My name is mentioned in Wikipedia as a reference because of a uh, presentation I created in college Dude, that had to do with the past. When you meet someone new, lead with that. Yeah, right? That's much better. You don't need this confusing ass potato thing. <laughs> Jordan, I love you. I'm really <laughs> glad you're here. I love you too. But. In Guys, fu- I, I love you. <laughs> we all love in each the, other. In the future, don't f-ing steal my verdict. <laughs> I have not seen the verdicts ahead of time. But you got there first. The rule of comedy. Of course, I was forced to wait. I was going to have to kneel behind that dumb desk and <laughs> pretend that I didn't know exactly what I was going to say. Now I'm going to have to come up with something else. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Oh, wow. Sorry, Daddy. I'll give you a bag full of my teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> Out. <laughs> now they like it. I know. I know. Yeah. Before, I, before, before I make my verdict, Jordan, do you have any other uh, questions uh, that you want to ask or Jesse? I don't know. I don't really have a specific question. I guess... My, I guess my question is to find out which of you two is a real farmer. And so I guess I want to know uh, whether you drink buttermilk for breakfast. Like a real farmer does. (laughs) Yeah. And all these stages, (laughs) (laughs) farmersonly.com backslash pies. (laughs) Let me ask you this question in your rural communities. What did you call pancakes? Johnny cakes, flapjacks? Flatbreads, sweet rounds, mummy, mummies, sweet just pancakes. pancakes. Just pancakes, yes, yeah, sorry. Just pancakes, yeah. all right. Breakfast roundies. 
<laughs> Laura, are you offended on behalf of the farmers that you Oh, uh, well, know? yeah, yeah. I I kind of am because I know farming families. Like I have friends that I grew up with cuz I grew up in Carroll. Um and yeah, we've heard a lot about it. Yeah, Got sorry. It. <laughs> and it's like they they everyone was like involved with the harvest, like the whole family and they you know, would they know when the when beans are planted and how to tell when it's ready to harvest them? Like you don't know when to harvest potatoes. Oh, I didn't claim I was a farmer though. I'm yeah, just, that's true. He's just the humble son yeah, of a right? potato farmer. But like, my friends are not farmers now. Or well, one of them is. One of them was. She's never not going to be a farmer. It, 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 it offends. Yeah, you. I'm the farmer Lorax. I speak for the farmers. There we go. <laughs> All right, I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'm going to descend into my chambers. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. <laughs> Lucas, having heard the verdict earlier, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? Wowie zowie. Uh, Laura, how do you feel? Slightly better than I did earlier because he had come up with a thing that he wanted me to do. I might probably, I shouldn't have mentioned it, shoot. Um, <laughs> that if he won, he wanted me to wear like a t-shirt that said, the humble son. Wife oh, no, of the humble the, a, a wife of the humble son of a potato farmer. And I was uh, like, I don't oh, want to wear that shirt. No. No, 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 I know, I know, no, and that's why I shouldn't have mentioned it. Wanna, no, that's okay, I could, it was, it was written down here, I could have oh, okay. done my job. Lucas, <laughs> you want, if I rule in her favor, you want me to make her wear a shirt that says, a wife of the humble no, 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 no. potato farmer? No, 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 not a wife, no, no. What the hell is going on in Sugar Camp, Wisconsin? <laughs> Just wife of the son. There's many, no plans for any. How many wives does a no, man no, no. need? No, no, no. One, just one. To usher elderly people into death. <laughs> oh my god. No, I'll restate that. How many <laughs> wives does a man need to raise a spud in sugar camp? Just one. Just one. <laughs> okay, interesting. I'm okay, still down you. here thinking. Jesse, you want to ask any more questions? Please rise as Judge John Hodgman <laughs> re-enters the courtroom and delivers his verdict. Laura Lucas, I've given a lot of thought. <laughs> Do the thing Jordan said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it's a, it's a, genuine, it's a genuine brag. You are, you are quoted on the Wikipedia page for pasties, I presume? Yes, yeah. That's a great brag. That's a great conversation. You know, the best conversation starter there is. What did you do today? Because everyone did something. It's a lot better than saying, how are you? It's not a joke, it's just true. Try it out, you're gonna see. Suddenly it's gonna be okay to talk to people. <laughs> the 99.9% .9 of our audience who say, I'm an introvert. Suddenly you're gonna realize, it's fine. <laughs> just ask people, what did you do today? Now all of a sudden they got a story to tell. And then you also got a real brag. You got a real brag. A humble son of a potato farmer is a funny thing to say when people are aware that you're making a joke. But it is, it does kind of make fun of your dad. <laughs> kind of make fun of farmers, not cool. And also, it's not meant sincerely. You are a real brag, you are quoted on a Wikipedia page about pasties. Then people are going to say, what's a pasty? And I don't blame them, because I don't even know. What is oh. it? Oh, it's this meat pie that has potatoes and onions inside. It came over from Cornwall no, from Miami. Rutabagas, not potatoes. Rutabaga. Oh, it's oh, not yeah. potatoes. Okay. Now see how we're getting to know each other? <laughs> Like, I want, I want to know you now, but if you said, do the thing that you used to do. Humble through the line? Hey, my <laughs> name's John Hodgman. How are you? Oh, I'm Lucas, the humble son of a potato farmer. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't get what this guy's up to. He's playing some kind of weird mind game with me, and I don't want really to get to know him better. I wonder... His wife seems nice. I bet she's probably from Michigan. You I'll know, talk to her instead. Oh, I wasn't. You. I wasn't into the joke until I heard his delivery. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the delivery. <laughs> in any case, I rule in favor of Laura. This is the sound of a gavel. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you to our litigants who joined us on stage at the Masonic Lodge at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles. 
Thanks to the folks at the Lodge who were wonderful and gracious hosts. A very special thank you to my friend and yours, John, Mr. Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris, co-host of Shootin' the Breeze, Jordan's and my somewhat annual podcast about cheese. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, we will have recorded our big settling of all your cheese beefs for this year's Shootin' the Breeze. So look for it in your members-only section of your MaximumFun.org membership. It'll show up in the bonus content feed soon. And even if you're not already a member of Maximum Fun, anyone can listen to Jordan Jesse Go, the show where Jordan and I do, there's no premise to the show. Zero it's premise. One, it's one awards, I promise. People <laughs> like it. It's a funny show. It's the most meaningless show that exists, but it's very funny. Evidence and photos from this show are posted on our Instagram account at instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. Follow us there. Join the conversation about this week's episode on the Maximum Fun subreddit over at maximumfun.reddit.com. Judge John Hodgman created by Jesse Thorne and John Hodgman. This episode recorded by Matthew Barnhart and produced by Valerie Moffat, Richard Roby, and Jennifer Marmer. Our thank you to all of them. Uh, Richard was on the road with us. So, so grateful to have his help. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.